0: Last Friday, as coronavirus cases continued to spike in many states, including Oklahoma, Governor Kevin Stitt said he remained confident that the state's hospital capacity remained in good shape and that the recent increase had not caused him to consider closing businesses like he did earlier this year
1: closing down the economy is not part of the discussions at this point we're so far away from from, from talking about this uh, again we, we just have to learn how to uh, live with it we need to continue to monitor that elderly population the nursing homes that is the population that I am concerned about and continuing to monitor and if you close down um, you, you you still are going to have these ebbs and flows and it can la- it could last for the next two years we have to learn Uh, how to deal with this and how to uh, keep ourselves safe. And I think Oklahomans are doing a really, really good job.
0: I'm Ben Felder with The Frontier, and on this episode of Listen Frontier, I speak with my colleague, Cassie McClung, about the governor's statements during this COVID-19 spike. Cassie has spent the last few months closely monitoring the latest coronavirus numbers. And she talks with me about how different people are using different metrics in determining whether we continue to face a crisis or not. So, Cassie, it was more than two months ago that Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt lifted his order to close some businesses, which was done originally in an effort to stop the spread of the coronavirus. And we also saw other city leaders follow along and lift their own orders. But remind us two months ago, what did the COVID-19 pandemic look like in Oklahoma at the time? And what has happened since?
1: You know, when Governor Stitt first closed down businesses statewide in late March, there were around 6,000 confirmed cases. Uh, The state was seeing a lot of community spread, seeing several deaths reported each day. Um, Hospitalizations hit a peak in late March. So I think in a way, the state, you know, obviously was less prepared for handling COVID than it is now. So with businesses closed um, in late March, more people naturally were staying home. So I think we saw new cases start to taper off in mid-April and May, and even into early June, and deaths had started slowing down, too. So um, when Governor Stitt, he started a three-phase plan to start reopening businesses in late April. And the last step of that plan started June 1st. So as of today, which is Sunday, we're 28 days into that plan. So it's not... Really surprising that we've started to see a significant increase in new cases throughout June. Um, You know, we saw record breaking day after record breaking day in recent weeks. And as of Sunday, there were almost 13,000 known cases in the state. So we went around um, from around 6,000 confirmed cases in late March to 13,000 cases um, a couple months later. So we're definitely seeing exponential growth the last couple of weeks and I think you know I'm saying all this but I think an important point in this is Governor Stitt has said several times that the goal was never to have no new cases but to slow the spread of the disease and give hospitals time to prepare for a possible surge of COVID-19 patients. So um, I guess to go back to your original question I think There's a lot of people who are still being cautious about COVID-19, wearing masks in public, but at the same time, you know, businesses are open again, social distancing restrictions are easing. People are going about their lives more normally than they were when COVID-19 first started appearing in Oklahoma, it seems.
0: And back then the popular saying was flatten the curve. And, And many people said we need to take action so that we, you know, Flattened that curve that we were starting to see on, on many graphs. And, you know, as of late, that earlier curve seems like kind of just a blip. That seems like mm-hmm. we are on the, we, we are still in the, the early stages of that curve. We haven't seen the peak yet. But Governor State has said that the latest rise in cases isn't the same as earlier this year. He said that the increase is mostly in young people mm-hmm. who are not as susceptible to severe symptoms that would require hospitalization or at high risk of dying. Is he right?
1: Yeah, so the data has been showing that more younger people are getting COVID-19 or at least we're seeing more confirmed cases in younger people. So, give you a quick breakdown, people 18 to 35 actually make up the biggest age group for confirmed cases. Um with I think about 4,445 cases and that's a lot different from what we saw earlier in the pandemic. Uh, when we were seeing more confirmed cases in older Oklahomans, um, and you know we know older Oklahomans and those with underlying health conditions are at higher risk for severe COVID nineteen symptoms. COVID nineteen symptoms, um, and you know those over sixty five make up eighty percent of deaths. Um, so I, I think it's important to keep in mind young people might fare better. But they're definitely not immune from those severe symptoms or those severe outcomes. And we know younger people are being hospitalized. It's not, not talked about as much, but it is happening. Um, for in one example, um, so Bruce Dart, he's the executive director of the Tulsa Health Department. Um, last week, he said people ages 18 to 35 made up more than 40 percent of new hospitalization um, of new COVID cases. Mm in that county and that hospitalizations for the age group had increased by 133% compared to the previous week. And they made up a quarter of all hospitalizations in the county. So, you know, 18 to 35 is in my mind, pretty young, um, you know, making up a lot of those hospitalizations. And so far, thankfully, um, you know, as we're seeing cases increase, We haven't seen the number of deaths that were reported earlier on into the pandemic. Um, But, you know, experts say that's a lagging indicator. So that could, uh, you know, change in a couple of weeks.
0: And going into this last weekend, hospitalizations, we had 329. And -hmm. it says the hospital capacity remains in good shape, which is kind of the the main metric he's been looking at. But those numbers are ticking up.
1: Right. Yeah, they have been um, increasing. And I'm trying not to throw too many numbers at you, but I feel like it's important just to compare. Um, We saw 562 hospitalizations um, in late March, which was the highest the state has recorded so far. And we're not near that many now. But, you know, like you said, we have been seeing significant increases in hospitalizations for over a week now. Um, As of Friday, there were 329. But, just five days earlier, there were only 197. So that's, you know, pretty significant just for those five days. And going back to the governor saying that hospital capacity, you know, it's in good shape. Um, he said several times as well that the state's hospital search plan is still activated. Um, and The governor and other local health officials like in Oklahoma City and in Tulsa have said that the system is nowhere near full. Um, So going back to that surge plan, if needed, hospitals could, um, and we haven't gotten to this point where they've had to activate these plans, but they could care for just under 5,000 COVID patients under that surge plan if they needed to. Um, And just Friday afternoon, I talked to the Oklahoma Hospital Association about this and they said, you know, these increasing numbers are concerning and, you know, it is it is worrisome to see them trend in that direction. But at the same time, um, hospitals across the state they've spoken with have said, you know, they have more personal protective equipment than they did back in March. And they know more just in general about how to care for COVID patients, so they do feel more prepared this time around if, I guess, numbers do keep trending upward.
0: Last week, Governor Stitt drew a lot of attention because he said that in many ways, Oklahoma was going to have to learn to live with this. And and maybe that Mm -hmm. wasn't the best use of words, but his point was that COVID-19 was something that was going to be a reality for months, if not years. And that's true, but I'm curious, what what does living with it mean? And, And not that we know exactly what he was referring to, but his point was that this isn't going to go away magically someday, that this was something that we were going to continue to have to live with it. And that meant not always being bunkered down in our homes with businesses closed and restaurants closed mm-hmm. and, and, and people staying away from work.
1: Yeah, you know that's, that's a good question. And, you know, like you said, it's hard to know exactly what the governor meant by that. Um, I think it could be interpreted, you know, in many ways, because like you reported last week, The governor said closing businesses is not even being considered right now, you know, as we're seeing cases increase, as we're seeing hospitalizations increase. Um, You know, he could have meant get used to seeing spikes in cases and increasing hospitalizations and, you know, maybe inevitably even deaths. It, It could mean getting used to wearing your mask and taking precautions for yourself and your family. Because we know the governor, you know, throughout this pandemic has really emphasized personal responsibility. Um, and, you know, he, he's right that COVID-19 isn't something that's going away anytime soon. Um, you know, we've been hearing infectious disease experts say this is the new normal. But I, I think in each state and to a point in each city, um, you know, as in each state, as we're seeing with Texas and Florida shutting things down again, The new normal might look different um, from state to state. So I'm not I'm not totally sure what the government governor means by learning to live with it. But we do know that cases have been on the rise and so have hospitalizations. And I think it'll be important to see if there's a certain data point or a number in new cases or hospitalizations where the governor may be reassesses it and is like, okay, you know, maybe we need to mandate mask. Maybe we need to um, put social distancing measures back in place again. Um So I'm, I'm just curious to see what, you know, what he considers the new normal to be.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and he has a perspective that makes sense for why he may be taking this posture. I mean, if our governor mm-hmm. had come from the healthcare sector, I would imagine the, the tone and the response would probably be different. It would probably sure. be a lot more aggressive. Governor Stitt is a, a former business owner. So, of course, mm-hmm. he's paying close attention to the reality of, of lost revenue, of, of rising unemployment. Um, you know, he's a Republican. We know that this has become a partisan issue in some ways. Mm-hmm. And he road to victory a few years ago largely because of his support in rural communities before or when the pandemic was starting to spread i was working on a story about how city officials and and people in rural communities were were responding to this and Mm -hmm. part of that story involved you know finding people on facebook and and following them and so i still have quite a bit of those that that i'm following and Some of these are are mayors of small towns or or other people that live in small rural communities. And for them, this Mm. continues to be something that they see as an an overreaction. And when Stitt made his comments last week, several of them praised him for that. And so this is a governor where that is a large chunk of his base that still views this as not that serious of a threat. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it's like we said, it's, it's become a political issue. The Trump rally yeah. of last, of last week, um, that was a big theme, although. Uh, not a full arena and, and maybe that is a product of people on both sides of the political aisle, uh, you know, still taking this pretty seriously. But, uh, I, I think yeah. in, in many rural communities, this is still, uh, something that is not being taken as seriously as it is maybe in Tulsa or Oklahoma city.
1: Yeah, I'm sure, you know being in a rural community where they haven't seen any outbreaks, it it probably would look a lot different. The pandemic would. I mean, the population's more spread apart. You know, you're not seeing those outbreaks there, those, those deaths, those hospitalizations. So I, I could understand, you know, being in a rural town um, in Oklahoma, not, you know, thinking that the pandemic is something that's really touching their lives or affecting them and maybe – you know of course not wanting to shut down their business for something that m- might not be in their community yet
0: somebody made the point that you know why should because or because there is a a pandemic in tulsa and and it's mm-hmm. spreading through a restaurant why should a few guys that meet for coffee every day every day you know in northwest oklahoma northwest oklahoma in a small town have to stop doing that right and you know on one hand yeah that that question makes sense but on the other mm-hmm. we all we know that this you know that this virus you know doesn't respect borders of states and cities and, and sure. often it only takes one person uh, to cause an outbreak in a community
1: yeah definitely definitely and i think that's why um you know after a while the governor finally um I'm, 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 and when i say a while i'm, I'm talking about um back when the governor started closing down non-essential businesses. Um, for a while, the state kind of had this patchwork, um, you know, rules across the state where we were kind of shutting down one county at a time as COVID uh, made its ar- arrival, I guess. And, you know, that wasn't always super effective. So I think the patchwork approach, like you said, is, you know, coronavirus doesn't really care about borders. So it's in some aspects, it's, it's easier to have kind of a blanket approach.
0: And we saw some city leaders act before Stitt did uh, a couple yeah. of months ago. And when it came to closing businesses and restaurants and restricting large ga- gatherings, how likely are we to see city leaders make the first move again? Because we've heard the mayors of, of Tulsa and especially Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. while Stit is saying this is not under consideration, uh, Mayor Oklahoma City Mayor David Holt last week said that this is something we're thinking about.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's something I was kind of looking at uh, last week, you know, when both Oklahoma City Mayor David Holt and then Tulsa Mayor G.T. Bynum kind of said the same thing. Uh, you know, I think as of now, uh, city leaders acting first is probably the most likely scenario. Um, you know, Stitt was pretty hesitant to close businesses down the first time. And when he did close non-essential businesses, he even added on, you know, many, many more businesses that should be considered essential. Um, So, you know, and like you said, uh, Mayor Holt said last week that if hospitalizations continued to increase, he would have no choice but to bring back restrictions. And um, Tulsa Mayor Bynum echoed that sentiment. So I think, you know, they both said they were willing to act if they needed to. But, you know, like I mentioned earlier, we haven't heard the same thing from Governor Stitt. When he spoke about the increases last week, he said implementing restrictions wasn't on the table at all. So I think, you know, that's a pretty, um, you know, stark contrast in how mayors in Oklahoma City and Tulsa are looking at the increases versus how Governor Stitt is viewing them.
0: And he was fairly resistant to wanting to, to close down businesses before. Yeah. And it was only after Oklahoma City, Tulsa, and I think Norman, maybe a few other communities took action that Stid announced that he was going to uh, order the closure of businesses and counties with confirmed cases. Now, of course, mm-hmm. every county has you know many cases. And so that's not a metric that he would probably rely on again. Um, Right. But maybe he does feel pressure in a week or two to say, hey, counties where their hospital capacity is over this percent, we're Mm -hmm. going to do this again. It was kind of a patchwork approach that he initially went into, um, probably with the understanding that it was going to become statewide pretty soon. Um, But maybe that's something that we we see again. So, well, we we continue to watch these these numbers rise. It kind of feels like where we were a couple a couple months ago. Just the numbers are are a whole lot bigger.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they are. They've just been, you know beyond, at least for a few days there, beyond exponential growth. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we don't see the same, uh, I guess, trend in the hospitalizations in the coming weeks.
0: That's going to do it for this episode of Listen Frontier. You can find all our episodes by subscribing to the Listen Frontier podcast. You can find more of our journalism at readfrontier.org. For the Frontier... I'm Ben Felder. Thanks for listening. I'll be back with you next time.